I first came into the seminar thinking, okay, maybe this is only for ministry leaders, but then I started to think about the content that we're going to talk through today, and really this is for anyone who has an influence on someone else in some type of discipleship relationship. So as we kind of talk through some ideas, I want you to think through, um, even if I'm a Sunday school teacher or I'm mentoring someone, um, that this type of content and these principles can also be used in that sense, whether you're running a church's social media account or not. So just keep that in mind. Um, so I will talk a little bit about myself. My name is Lauren Biggs and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I'm married to my husband, Austin. We are celebrating our sixth anniversary this weekend, so that's exciting. We have a two-year-old named Kinsley. She is a lot of fun um, and then I First started uh, working in the marketing industry through D6 Family. I was filling a temporary marketing position, actually working with Lena Wooten here in the room. Um, and I started doing that for about six months and then I just realized that God has given me these gifts and these talents. Um, and then as I just continued to walk through open doors that he was opening, I just realized that um, these are the things that I can use to serve the Lord and also help others into doing that as well. So I currently now work at um, international missions. I'm the media and content coordinator for them. Um, so I also get to maintain some contract work on the side and continue working um, with D6 family as well. But I love what I do. I love getting to use these gifts and talents to serve the Lord and also expand his kingdom and share the gospel online. So that's what I want you guys to hear in my heart today and also maybe take that with you as well. In our talk today, I do want to share a little bit about the social media landscape itself. Um, I'm going to walk you through a discipleship content plan. So when you leave here today, you're going to have things you can start putting in place. Um, I'm going to have a handout at the end with 30 days of content. So, I mean, you're not going to leave here empty handed. Um, and then we're going to also discuss some tips and tricks when using, uh, when creating content and doing things like that as well. So first we're going to start with an icebreaker. Welcome in, find a seat. We're going to start with an icebreaker. Everyone pull out your phone. And then go to your social media platform of choice. It could be Facebook, Instagram, Threads is on the scene, TikTok, whatever you want it to be. And look at your most recent post. And then find someone near you and only show them that post. And I'm going to ask and I'm going to call on someone to introduce their neighbor. You may not know each other at all, but I'm going to have you introduce your neighbor based on their most recent post. So go ahead and take some time to do that. Okay, that's okay. Then you can describe someone else. That works. That's social. <laughs> yeah. Something you shared. Personal account. Okay, let's regroup here. I want someone to volunteer to introduce their neighbor based on their most recent post. Can you describe that person for me? Go ahead. He's a snake handler. Wow! I know exactly what post you're talking about. Wow. That's interesting. Do we need context for that? He killed a snake in his yard. So, there you go. 
All right, do I have another volunteer? Lena. Uh, this is the seed she moved from Spain, and she loves her family, and she's been a Oh, wow. You learned a lot about her based on one post. Good job. Anybody else? Okay, let's take this a step further. If your church is on social media, go to your church's social media account. I'm not going to have you talk with your neighbor. This is a little bit more rhetorical, but I want you to consider, even as you scroll down a little bit on your church's social media account, go ahead and see the types of posts that your church does on a regular basis and maybe consider what other people may learn about your church based on the posts. Is it weekly live streams? Is it events coming up? Is it VBS? Or is it just the fun TikTok trends? All right. While we keep that in mind, we're going to switch gears a little bit here. We're going to take a look at some welcome mats. So these are just some fun welcome mats that I found online, and I promise there is a purpose to this. But the first one is um, likely at Target. Who needs... Sorry, I can't read that. Who needs to knock? We know you're here. The dog. Be your guest, but leave by nine. That's my personal favorite. Yeah. This house runs on coffee, Netflix, and Amazon Prime. And then come back with tacos. So the point of me sharing these welcome mats, you may be wondering, but... People will often um, look at your church's social media account often before they step into your church building. So your accounts, even personal or church, is really that welcome mat, if you will, for what you're about. So what are people going to learn um, based on your posts? So why social media? Why are we pairing that with discipleship? Well, there are 4 billion users on social media for an average of two and a half hours a day. And I don't know if you're an iPhone user, but every Sunday morning I get that notification of my screen time. And even just this week, it was up 16% from last week for over five hours. Um, and most of that is spent on social media. Now, granted, I do get paid to be on social media, so it's a little bit different, but still it's a lot. So people are online and we're online all day through different parts of the day, we're picking up our phone. You can even see in your iPhone settings, I don't know about Android, but um, an iPhone, you can see how many iPhone pickups a day that you have. And mine every day is like a thousand. So, thank you. <laughs> so at D6, we have this t-shirt. Um, it has a fraction on the front of the shirt, one over 168, and the 168 stands for the amount of hours in a week and then the top number represents the amount of time someone on average spends in discipleship. And this is usually um, sitting in a sermon or in a small group at church. So the back of the shirt says it's not enough. And this is just a great reminder for a t-shirt. Also a great talking point if you're in public, people are gonna stop you and ask you what that shirt means. Um, but it's a great reminder for us to, to realize that the parents or the caretakers at home throughout the week are the primary um, disciple makers of their kids at home. So m after we look at both of these things, many individuals spend more time on social media in, on average than they do in discipleship. So let's go to scripture. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, 
when you lie down, and when you get up. Deuteronomy 6 reminds us that it is as you go, discipleship happens in the home, and we can't just rely on the one hour at church to create the spiritual maturity of the next generation. So this is, I'm going to read to you a um, quote by Nona Jones in her book, From Social Media to Social Ministry. And she really talks about her discipleship philosophy, which is all about um, discipleship is relationship. So let's read this. Discipleship is more than what happens in a church building. Relationships are the foundation of discipleship. And while a social media plan primarily focuses on sharing content to get likes, comments, and shares, a social ministry focuses on building relationships and facilitating connections between and among people so that discipleship can happen. And my dad, who's sitting in the back, he often says, discipleship begins in relationship, and without relationships, you have no influence. And without influence, you cannot shape values. So, with all this being said, another rhetorical question, what would it look like if your church's social media content became a strategy based to equip families and believers to grow in their faith individually, but also facilitate spiritual conversations throughout the week? And when it comes to social media as a church, we have the opportunity to equip parents and families throughout the week for discipleship to take place as you go. I know COVID brought a lot of things, but I think COVID was great for our churches in the realm of digital uh, technology. So in this sense, COVID created the catalyst for new approaches and models to take place for discipleship and ministry. How many of you weren't doing a live stream or creating content online before COVID hit? Raise your hands. So COVID often um, brought on new ways for us to adapt. One thing to think about is Paul in the New Testament. He was rarely in person to preach, stay connected, encourage the churches of his day, and he embraced the technology of his day, which was writing letters, to stay connected with churches and to encourage. The same can be said for Jesus's ministry. He constantly met people where they were. He didn't rely on just one location and one method to reach people and to share the good news. So our phones can be discipleship devices. This is a quote from Dave Adamson's book, Meta Church. As we go through thinking about the 1 over 168, how are we going to fill the 167 other hours? Well, social media can be a part of tearing down this fraction. I love this quote too in Nona Jones' book. Keep in mind though, the purpose is about making disciples and not just making content. This is where the phrase social ministry comes in. It's not just social media, it's not just a task. It's about connecting with people and facilitating something meaningful. Um, if you were in Arlene's talk last night in service at Vertical 3, she talked about digital candy versus digital vegetables. Um, and also the dangers of technology. So it's always fun to go after her talk the next morning, but <laughs> I want to give you guys the digital veg vegetables. So how can you create something that is useful and meaningful and lasts? That's what we're gonna go through today. So you've heard the why. Let's talk about how. The social also social media allows us to reach and teach. So again, it's evangelism and discipleship. It can be a light in the darkness on the social media landscape. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, okay, I understand these things, I'm, I'm getting your vision, I understand the importance, but where do I start? Um, so we're gonna walk through five steps that you can start today or when you get home 
um, to update or begin to launch your social media um, channels. Also, this is what I do and I love to do it. So if you walk out of here and you're like, okay, I heard everything you said, but I still need help or I wanna connect and how I have specific questions based on me and my church or this or that, I would love to um, set up a Zoom call with you, set up a phone call. This is my heart and so I just wanna make sure that you guys know when you walk out of here, this is not a bunch of information coming out of fire hydrant. Like I really wanna do, like sit down with you and talk through it if you're interested in that. So find me at the end, but let's walk through these five steps. Step one, fish where the fish are. So I'm not a fisherman, but this analogy is awesome. A fisherman doesn't knowingly cast his net or his pole into fishless waters. He wants to go and he's gonna strategize where are the fish biting? So that's where we're gonna go. The, we've already established that the fish are online. People are online, the four billion a day. Take this a step further. Consider though where your church's target audience will be. What platform? When you close your eyes and you look at the people who are sitting in the pews of your churches, when you see the people who are in your small groups, where are they at? Which platform do you think? So let's take a look at some of these platforms. Can you guys see this okay? It's a little bit small, so I'm gonna just share the, the highlights at the top. So this was a study from We Are Social, which is a very reputable, reputable source for digital media. Um, for stats. So Facebook is the highest ranked with over 2,000 million monthly active users. And yes, this includes Gen Z, even though they want to act like they're not on Facebook, they're on Facebook too. Um, below that is, let's see, I can't even see. YouTube, WhatsApp, Instagram. Um, if you're not familiar with WeChat, it is a, or WhatsApp, it is a messaging app that's often used um, internationally. So I don't feel like a lot of us here in the States use it, um, but even working with all of our missionaries, that's a very common, think of like Facebook Messenger, it's their equivalent, or text messaging. Um, so as we look at these social platforms, each platform kind of has a designated purpose um, and different characteristics based on the platform. So before we go on, I want to ask a volunteer or two to share, what's your favorite platform? When you open your phone, what's the first thing that you're opening for social media? Lena? Instagram. Instagram? Me too. Anyone else? Facebook? Facebook. Instagram? Instagram? Mm -hmm. Awesome. So let's go forward and look at the reasons why people use specific apps. So if you're looking at messaging friends or family, you're often going to go to Facebook. You're going to get those updates there. If you're looking for specifically photos or videos, think Instagram or Snapchat. Um, if you're looking for news or updates, Twitter and LinkedIn and now Threads is on the scene. Um, Reddit and TikTok are often used a lot for entertainment. I mean, how often are we getting stuck scrolling in the never-ending TikTok for you page? Just constantly entertain with the, that's the digital, that's the digital candy that Arlene was talking about. Before we go to this page, I want to just give you guys an encouragement that we're going to walk through maybe a lot of terms you may not be familiar with, or maybe you are, and this is affirmation for you that, hey, we're doing some awesome things, um, and it's just affirming. But as we look through these next two slides specifically, I want you to maybe jot down two things that you want to try to start implementing when you get back, or two things that you're doing really well, and you want to share that with your ministry team back home. So. 
we're going to walk through a few different types of posts and content that's native to each social media channel. Now there are lots of platforms out here, but I'm really only going to cover like the top five. Um, so Instagram, you have the different types of content you can post are reels, which can be short form or long form videos. Carousels are used often for storytelling or blogs or breaking up a lot of content into um, 10 different media posts. You can also do things like, I don't know if you've heard the term photo dump or you're recapping July and so you're posting 10 media um, images to kind of recap that into one post. You can do a single grid post. So this could be great for sermon uh, quote from Sunday or you're doing a volunteer spotlight out of your church. These are just different examples. Uh, stories on Instagram are 24-hour posts that do expire after that 24 hours, but um, in these posts you can do engaging stickers and qu or, uh, questions and polls and different things like that. So that's a great place um, to have people engage and often people are looking at the stories on Instagram at the top before they're going to scroll through their feed. So if you want to prioritize one or the other, I would say prioritize stories for sure. Then we have Facebook, so you can definitely do more long-form posts, so think blogs or sermon recaps and notes. Um, you can share stories. It's just an easier way to um, consume the content on Facebook rather than Instagram for some reason. Um, but Facebook is also link-friendly, whereas Instagram is not. You need to use a link in bio, those types of things. Um, photo albums are awesome on Facebook. Um, this is something I learned from Lena and um, church posts. So if you have an event at your church or a VBS or summer camp um, and you post a photo album to kind of highlight that or recap or you're even doing a daily post, all the family and friends of these students are going through the album and it's just a great way to create engagement because people are liking and sharing and saying, I see so-and-so. I've even noticed that for the Truth and Peace post that's been happening this week. Um, so that's a great way to uh, create content on Facebook. <clears throat> you can also host and open Facebook groups. And this is a great way um, to get groups kind of split up into the things that they're already interested in. And it's a more intimate place. We're going to talk a little bit more about Facebook groups in a little bit. Um, but then you also have YouTube. How many of you guys are using YouTube for your church streaming? Yeah, awesome. So. Obviously, it's great for live streaming. Um, you can do shorts, which that's just come on the scene in the last six months or so. Um, these are just mini videos. Think Reels or TikToks, for instance. Um, you can create playlists, which is a great way to organize your content because when people land on your channel, it's already kind of broken up into what they may be interested in seeing. Um, and then you can also ask people to like and subscribe. And when they do that, they can get set up for email notifications for when you post new things. So that can be a great way to keep people coming back to your channel. All right, TikTok, Twitter, and threads. And then we're going to move into our second step, which I know we're going to go pretty quick. But all right, TikTok. So I think of TikTok and Instagram almost as the new search engine. I'm often going to these platforms first before I'm going to Google. How many of you guys relate to that? So if we're looking up a coffee shop in East Nashville or something, I'm probably going to go to their Instagram and be like, what is the vibe like? Like what kind of latte art are they doing? Those types of things rather than just going to Google or Yelp, for instance. I don't know if that's a generational thing, but um, they've really amped up social media with keyword searches. So be thinking through that as you're posting your content. Really clearly lay out what your post is about because when people are searching for those keywords, um, 
forgiveness takeaway sermon. I mean, make sure you have those types of words if that's describing your most recent sermon in that um, real text or in that caption because that's what's going to pick up um, as people are searching in their social media apps. Hashtag short-term video um, is also popular on TikTok, obviously. Um, Twitter and threads. So you have a more limited um, character counts on these, um, which causes you to have to be very concise in the things that you're saying. Um, you can always do literally a thread on Twitter, which you can connect tweets together. Um, that's been actually a very popular way to post more long form content on Twitter. Um, but yeah, so you just have to be very specific in what you're going to talk about. And the types of posts that are common for that are news and updates or short snippets of things. So you may be thinking, all right, I hear what you're saying, but now I need to find someone to help me. Or maybe that person's you and I've completely overwhelmed you. I don't know. But first thing is you need to talk to your leadership team at your church just to cast a vision because they're not going to want to invest time and resources if they don't really see the return on investment or see the reason why. So first do that, but then identify somebody to help you. So think that Gen Z or millennial in your church. Are they kind of already naturally doing this? Pick them out and ask them if they would be willing to serve in this way. This person should obviously love social media, be trustworthy and reliable, but also once you pick someone, or maybe this is you, set some boundaries and some clear expectations and goals because social media is obviously not a nine to five job, it's constant, you don't just check out. Um, so this person needs to have some boundaries in place. And if you're kind of the overseer, then you wanna make sure you have some type of checks and balances in the content before it's going out. So you may need to backward plan a little bit. So maybe the month before you're asking your coordinator to submit the content plan and the different captions and you have the ability to sign off, um, edit things or say, let's rework this or save this to another day because you may have a longer scope that you see that's coming up. All of these are things that you need to think about when identifying a coordinator. And that was step two. So next, you've identified your coordinator and you have decided what type of platform that you're going to be on. Now we need to either give our current account a facelift or we need to start from scratch. So I would encourage you pick a Sunday if you're starting from scratch and make it a launch day at your church. Maybe you're posting about it on um, your bulletin boards, it's in your bulletin inserts, it's spoken about from, your, um, from stage, or you're sending it out in a weekly email just to say, hey guys, this is what you can expect to see on our brand new social media account. We would love for you to follow us and engage with us and here's our launch day. Um, ask your small group leaders to share about it in their small groups and just kind of spread the word. Maybe you're just giving a facelift, that is awesome too. Um, make sure you take the time to go through and update your bio and update your contact information. Maybe you're more specific on what type of photo you're gonna use for your cover photo or even your profile picture. Um, just give it that facelift that says, hey, we're really passionate about this and we want to make this look as good as we can and we're here for you guys um, and just um, continue to promote that like you're already doing. So step four is defining our content pillars. So what are content pillars? In social media, content pillars are key themes that you want to focus on and communicate to your audience through these channels. So these are going to be the themes that form the foundation of your strategy and they're going to actually help you stay consistent. So you're constantly looking at your 
um, your content pillars. There may be three, there may be five, but every piece of content should be supporting one of those pillars. And that's really going to be like those guardrails for, okay, we don't have to do everything under the sun. If I have this idea, how does this support this content pillar? An example would be maybe one of your content pillars is equipping. So you have so many different types of content posts that you can use for equipping. Maybe you're recommending a resource. Maybe it's a blog post that somebody in your church has written. Maybe it's a podcast episode that you're doing. All of these things could fall under um, the content pillar of equipping, and that helps you kind of gauge where you're at and staying on track. Um, also, I want you to consider how does discipleship play a role in your content? Here's where our seven days of content given to you is going to come in. I'm going to go through I'm going to show you a slide with all seven days, so if you want to snap a picture, go for it, but then I'm going to walk through each one specifically. Um, one thing to consider, though, is if you're the person, you don't have the coordinator, this person's going to be you, feel free to reshare the D6 family social media post to your church account or to your Facebook groups. Um, all of this, these uh, next seven days are things that we're already doing, so I would encourage you, if you're looking for ideas or you're like, I didn't come up with something today, feel free to reshare that. So our seven days of content. Again, I'm gonna walk through each one, but here are seven examples of discipleship specific content. Um, if you start on Sunday, go through Saturday, each of these are uh, general ideas. They're not very specific. So maybe some of these are your content pillars. I don't know, that's up to you and your team and how you decide to do that. But let's walk through day one. So Sunday's post is going to be, maybe it's a curriculum memory verse, or you're going to post live content um, during your Sunday service. So every Sunday on the Six Families social media account, we share the verse of the week, and this corresponds with the curriculum, which is family aligned. So this is just a great reminder for parents, all right, here's kind of what we talked about on Sunday. How can I reinforce? Maybe we're going to memorize this together as a family. This is something that is taking um, what you're doing at church and reiterating it onto social media. <clears throat> um, Monday, maybe it's a takeaway from Sunday service. So this Instagram box on the left side is, I thought, a really creative way to kind of recap a Sunday service sermon. Um, they've just got some fun text written on it. It's just a picture of the pastor on stage. Again, if you don't have someone super artsy like that, you can put these things in the caption because, again, those keywords are going to help it get discovered, and also the people who were there or even weren't there are going to want to sit through and look at it. Um, another, another idea that you can do is lay out the family theme for the week. And so on the Free D6 Family app, we have parent pages. Um, this is also where that key verse lives in these parent pages, along with lots of other things in these individual parent pages, like questions that you can ask your kids that are age appropriate. Um, and things coming up. So I would encourage you guys to download the Free D6 Family app. I'm gonna kind of talk about that at the end, but Tuesday, so a, a Splink activity, which is a spiritual link. We are sharing these every Tuesday evening um, on D6 Family's page. So this is an activity that supports a spiritual theme or concept that you can do as a family. So we often say, uh, maybe some of these you can do in the car on the way to school. You can do them at the dinner table together, or you can set aside. You can look at this on Tuesday night and say, we're going to set aside Thursday evening this week because we want to connect as a family and um, use this as a time for discipleship. Wednesday, you can um, post something that is an engaging question that your people may respond to, um, or 
you can um, do a family fun question or a special series topic. So the family fun question is actually kind of fun. It's also in the D6 family app. You can kind of shuffle through these and you can do them at the dinner table again. You can do these wherever, but maybe you're taking a screenshot of that and you're posting that on your church's account and saying, as a family today, here's a fun question that you can do together. It's just for fun. It's deepening the relationships. That one's maybe not as spiritual, but it's just a way to connect deeper because again, without relationship, you don't have influence. Um, the Via Families is the picture on the right. They're doing a fun series that I noticed that I thought would be a great example. Um, they're taking everyday objects and relating it back to God's mission for his people. So the first, this one was like about water. I don't remember the purpose of it, but these are just ideas um, that you can be doing. And if you don't have the creativity or the time to make something, again, just reshare these things. You don't have, I mean, you don't have to take the credit all the time if you don't, if you're not able to, but it's just a way to equip and resource your people. Um, podcasts or blog source to equip. Again, uh, we're sharing podcasts or we're sharing a blog. All of these are in the app as well. This is not a shameless plug for the app, but it is like it's updated weekly with all of these things. So it's ready made for you to use either as a consumer or to put back out for your people. Friday, you can do a family fun activity for the weekend. Look up some fun ideas on Pinterest or um, maybe talk as a small group and say, let's put together 10 things and do these as a family every week this summer. Um, just some fun ways to connect as a family on the weekends. Saturday could be what's coming this Sunday. And maybe you're sharing takeaways or you're asking people to say, hey, if you guys did the verse together, if you did a family fun night activity, tell us about it in the comments. We want to hear from you. Um, invite people to come to your church the next day if you're posting on Saturday. So always assume maybe someone has never been on your Facebook page before, for example. List the times, list the address, invite them to come. Um, just make that a part of every Saturday's caption if that's what you choose to do. And then finally, um, analyze and also adapt because the social media landscape changes every single day. Um, so what worked last quarter or even yesterday may not work tomorrow, and that's just the nature of the beast. But um, stick with your content pillars and mix up your execution. There's constantly going to be uh, new features and updates. So if you have the time every six months, take an hour and just research what's the latest. Do I have time to invest in this? Weigh, weigh your pros and cons. What's the return on investment? Um, if you every six months can go back and every platform has this, they provide you analytics for your stuff. So you can say, how many followers have we gained in the last six months? Um, what was our top post this month? How can I rework and recycle that idea? Um, because it's obviously connecting with my audience. Maybe this post was a total flop. Okay, I'm gonna scratch it. That's good to know. I need to know those things. And we'll move forward and make new goals. So let's get into some tips and tricks. I'm gonna talk through those for about five or 10 minutes. And then I wanna save time at the end for Q&A. So be thinking of any questions that you guys um, have for me. So the first one is plan your media footage. And what I like to do with planning your media footage is if you have someone you can pinpoint, maybe you have a church photographer and that's awesome, but maybe you don't. Say, okay, in the youth area, I'm gonna ask John to be in charge of taking pictures during the worship night. Or if we have VBS coming up, all right, Susan, can you be in charge of just going around to each class and capturing some things? It's just a little bit about delegation and more hands make for light work. 
Um, something you can do for that also is create a Dropbox or a shared album um, for, so that they can just dump all of those things into that. And when you go to work on your content later, your media library is sitting there full and all you have to do is pick the one that you want or you're just doing uh, a big Facebook album at the end of the day. So it just makes it easier. Okay, so this one is my favorite. So write it down and don't forget. How many of you guys are easy to forget things? I think all of us. So I, I don't know if my dad taught me this or I just learned this along the way, but um, if, I, if it's Monday and I run out of bread at home, I don't go to the store until the weekend. So I'm gonna keep a running list in my notes app on my phone that, hey, I need to get bread because when I go to the store on Friday, it's been four days. I don't remember I'm out of bread. So what I like to say is write it down, don't forget it. Keep a running note in your phone or whatever system works for you. Maybe it's a journal, maybe it's a planner. Um, but just keep something that you can look back to when you're going to work on your content or to even hand over to your coordinator if you have one and say, here's some things that I wanna talk through. Um, and these are just gonna be keywords. You're not dumping the whole idea in this notes, but when you say uh, uh, Chad's testimony, okay, well I know that I wanna send an email to Chad and ask him if he would be willing to write a blog or shoot a video for us um, because his testimony that he told me about while we were getting coffee before service was very powerful. It's just a reference guide. All right, so create a conversation and not a broadcast. I think we all can fall trap into just putting out information and forgetting that social media is social and it's to create a conversation. So um, while you do need to post those events and those things coming up at your church, do remember to even take time, maybe it's 10 minutes a week, but as your page or as your brand, if you will, um, go interact with other people's accounts. Because what happens is it shows the algorithm that, hey, I'm engaging with people and they're liking my comment back or they're saying thanks for praying or, you know, it's just a way to keep your feed coming back up onto theirs. So just try to take some time, designated time, if your coordinator has time to do this for a few minutes each day, to go through and like people's posts, vote in the polls on their stories, don't do anything crazier to hurt the church's reputation. Um, but just taking time to, to keep that a conversation. So hook them first and then reel them in. So I think we all know that we have like literally a 0.5 attention span when we're on social media. It's the constant, I'm just gonna keep scrolling. So think about it. When you're posting your video or your content, what is that first line on the caption that's gonna make them say, read more? Or what is that thumbnail that you've chosen for the video that's gonna make them say, okay, I'm gonna pause and I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch maybe the first three seconds of this video instead of 0.5. But try to put the best part of your content first to make someone stop scrolling. And then finally, work smarter and not harder. There are lots of scheduling tools out there that you can use and if you decide to um, work with a coordinator or put someone in that place to get them set up, this could be a great tool for you to kind of do the checks and balances as well because you can schedule the content, you can go back in and say, okay, I see what time they've posted it, I see the caption that they've used, I see the link that they've put in here to go with this. Um, and another, another concept for if you can schedule your post is that maybe you're saying, okay, Friday afternoon from two to four, I'm going to my favorite coffee shop and I'm gonna only work on content for this designated amount of time and then the rest of August is done for my content. So it's just a way, it's like a productivity hack, if you will. So how many of you are in Facebook groups? So these are some of the Facebook groups that I found that have been high engagement and relevant to ministry that I wanted to share with you guys. 
Um, so at my church, there's a women's group, which has become a great place to kind of connect with other ladies. Um, it, you, this may be something that you want to start or you already have going, but I would kind of encourage you to have someone to, one, either monitor this page and make sure that it's flowing smoothly, or if there's not a lot of engagement, to be the one to kind of go in and write an encouragement or to say, hey, I'm doing my prayer time this morning. What can I pray with you about? I can promise you those comments are going to blow up. Um, staff and volunteers groups. So if you have a lot of your staff or volunteers at your church or on Facebook, create a Facebook group because that's going to be a great way for you guys to encourage each other. Maybe it's also a place where you can kind of switch shifts in the nursery or something like that, um, where your, your higher staff, your pastor can write a word of encouragement and just say thank you. Um, and also be a place to kind of connect throughout the week and again, not just on Sundays. Uh, curriculum teachers group, this is a group where um, currently, if you do want to join this, I would encourage you to, but um, we have a lot of D6 teachers who are in this group, and um, it's a great place that you can share resources that are coming out, or maybe you're saying, hey, I was looking over the um, lesson that's coming up this Sunday. Um, what are you guys doing for the craft, or how can you adapt this? And you can brainstorm and bounce ideas off of each other. Um, you can share pictures of things that went well or um, just continue to learn and grow together while you're kind of using the same curriculum. So I want to pause here. I do, I promise you, I have a QR code at the end that has my entire PowerPoint and my notes. Um, so you can go back through and look at these resources, but I wanted to save time for a Q&A session. So we have about 10 minutes and then I will go to, I will let you guys get these at the end. This is also the handout in the back, so you will not walk out of here empty-handed. Uh, 30 days of content, just a piece of paper. Again, you can adapt these. You may look at this and say, I have no clue what this is or how to get this done. That's okay, just scratch it. All right, so I wanna go back and hit a couple points before we close. Um, here's just a reminder, like, as we took in all this information, maybe you're picking, again, one or two things that you can start implementing. I don't want you to leave here and say, I have a big to-do list and now I have all these ideas, but how am I going to make it happen? And again, if you don't even have the coordinator in place, then I want to encourage you to just pick one thing and put your all into it and be consistent. Um, we can use the 21st century methods for the first century mission, which is making disciples and sharing the gospel. Um, think about how much of the New Testament we wouldn't have if Paul didn't do this. And lastly, I would just ask each of you, even as if you're in that role or you're on a ministry team or you're a parent and you're saying, okay, what type of content am I going to choose to take in um, and then talk about with my family? Um, pray and ask God to reveal the vision that he has for you for that. Um, don't let... Um, what everyone else is doing, that digital candy, be the one to decide, if you will.